That's like one of my favorite lines of any movie ever. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, when that movie came out, I, I, I uh, <laughs> so my brother, he was like three and a half years younger than me, and he always had his friends over. They were always in my way. So I always called him Peck. <laughs> Out of the way, Peck. <laughs> what are you calling me a Peck for? You know why. <laughs> Worthless rabble. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I am your host, the Salty Nerd. In today's episode, we're talking about the 80s classic starring Warwick Davis and what's Batman's name? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Uh, directed by Ron Howard and produced by George Lucas himself, the movie Willow. And uh, today I am joined, as always, by my illustrious co-host, starting with the ambassador of estrogen, Jude Juju. Welcome to the show. Oh, first. <laughs> Ladies first. Oh, Ladies first. So and special. the barbarian himself... This movie's stupid, Matt Vader. This movie is not stupid. This movie is actually really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? That says a lot, I'm considering good. there's no boobs. There is Val Kilmer boobs in this. <laughs> He's shirtless for half the movie. This was when he was hot. Well, well, well no. no. <laughs> remember, when he, remember when he dressed as a woman? Uh-huh. He had, he had yes. The, He's got like apple oh, boobs. Yeah, apple boobs. Yeah. This was... Uh, got them apple boob shirts. <laughs> this, 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 this was, this was prime Kilmer. His yeah. milkshake brings all the people to the yeah. yard. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> All right. I'm also joined by the author extraordinaire, Matthew Kadish, producer of the show. Welcome to the show, man. Out of my way, Peck. He <laughs> can't do it as good as me. No, I can't. No. Out of the can. way, Peck. You need to do voiceover work, man. You'd probably be able to get a day job real quick doing that. Um, All right. Okay. Go ahead, Jude. Tell us what Willow's all about. All right. Synopsis is a young farmer, a young Galloway farmer. Am I saying that right? Galloway? No one. Right? No. Don't look at me. I think it's Galloway. <laughs> A young, a young, a young peck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a farmer uh, who wants to be a sorcerer. He's chosen to undertake a perilous journey in order to protect a special baby from an evil queen. Uh, directed by Ron Howard, uh, stars Val Kilmer, Joanne Wall- Wally, um, and Warwick Davis. So, you know, my favorite thing to do is tell you what the budget was. Yeah. Uh, so it's budgeted at $35 million. What do you think it grossed? That's all it was? $35 million? Wow. Well, 1980s dollars. Yeah, I guess. 88. I mean, this date. was like prime George Lucas, though. He was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say probably like 150000 150 million, I mean. Vader? I was going to stay. I'll go 160. 57 million. Really? Yeah. 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 This, this was a big flop. Yeah. Ouch. That's too bad. I know that you're not a fan of this movie, Salty, so I'm going to give you a little factoid that maybe will endear you a little bit more to it. Um, So uh, John Cusack tested for the role of Mad Mardigan, but lost it to Val Kilmer, and he considers this his greatest disappointment of roles that he did not get. This movie would have been very different if it was John Cusack. Wow, that's amazing. Val Kilmer ad-libbed most of his dialogue. Like 90% of it. Yeah. It was just Val Kilmer making stuff up. <laughs> All right, I'll win well, this war for you. I know you guys You guys have a special place for this movie, so I'll just get my salt out of the way. Um, <laughs> I actually don't have a special place for this really? movie. Really? I did not like this movie when I first saw it in the theaters. And when I, upon rewatching it, I only thought it was bearable because of the nostalgia I felt for it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's where I'm at, too. Yeah. It was the old, old man glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I remember being a kid and being really excited because it's like, oh, the... 
the Star Wars guy is making like a fantasy movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really wanted to see this movie and I begged my parents to go take take me to it. And um, so when I finally went and saw it in the theater, I was just so bored most of the time. And um, <laughs> and that was the only time I'd seen this movie. And then like we, we rewatched it, you know, for the podcast. And it was a much better movie than I remember it being, but I was like, this is still pretty boring. So um, I, I think that's a problem with a lot of Ron Howard movies. Is like they're just very boring for the most part. They're very bland films. Um, but um, anyway, please continue. The team behind this movie is freaking A-team Hollywood classic, like big budget, awesome movies. You got Ron Howard, you got Phil Tippett, you got Dennis Murren doing the uh, the special effects. You got George Lucas with the financing behind it all and the idea of it. Like you got Val Kilmer with his shirt. Val off. Kilmer with his shirt off. You got Warwick Davis doing his thing. Like this movie's got like such an A team behind it, but I I I felt like everybody just phoned it in. Like the special effects were not that great compared to the other movies that these same people have done. I'm like, this is like. Oh, we'll do a side project for George Lucas and we'll just, you know, we'll spend a couple it, hours it, on it. It wasn't a side project. In fact, um, <laughs> I know it wasn't, but that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it well, felt like but, that. But you might be interested to know. So, like, this movie actually pioneered a lot of stuff. This is the first movie that actually used computer-generated imagery in it. Is um, it the, the floating witch lady? Well, for the morphing sequences where, like, oh, the, yeah. the animals morphed into each other. And uh, Industrial Light and Magic actually spent four months developing a special uh, software to create that um, that effect, and it was because of them doing this movie that both Terminator Two and Jurassic Park were possible. So without Willow, neither of those movies would have ever been yeah. made because the technology wouldn't have been there to do them. I, I did I did notice that like a lot of the stuff that you see in this movie, it felt like a testing ground for what was to come. I, I do agree that that's probably sure. what it was, but it just it, you can tell it wasn't like a polished. Um, a yeah, polished I, effect. I, I it was just like, it was breaking new ground. It, it was kind of wishy-washy yeah. on whether or not, like the witch lady that was floating in the sky, I, I, I didn't think when, that when, looked when, good When we all. decided to watch this movie, I was a little nervous about how I was going to react to it. Yeah. Because I haven't seen this movie for probably 25 years. This is my first time seeing it's, it. I, it's been forever since I watched this movie. Like I said, I was a little nervous and it didn't hold up as well as I thought it was going to. I mean, it's still there. It's the nostalgia feels are still yeah. there. But, you know, some of the special effects and things were... The nostalgia they're, feels. They're, I like they're, that. They're kind of off. You know, the, the, the two-headed dragon seemed really small now. I, I remember it as being <laughs> very big, very much larger. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and the trolls. It's like they got guys in monkey suits playing trolls. Or, or if they're even... It was, it was just strange. There were some really strange yeah. choices that they made like in I, this movie. The, the thing that I can compare this to, if you were like, I'm looking at the same people who did the movie, George Lucas behind it, all that stuff, like mm-hmm. the Ewok adventure movies, yeah. to me, that's my willow. Like that's the low budget B mm-hmm. side project that George Lucas did. I love those movies. Sure. And I know they're campy and I know they don't, they probably haven't aged well. Like that's what I compare it to. When I'm watching this like, movie, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like people who grew up in this movie and 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 love it, I, I understand. I get it. And I be like I said before, the the team behind it, I completely appreciate all the work that they did, and I understand that that was kind of like a proving ground for work to come mm-hmm. later on. So, yeah. and it's kind of funny because in the '80s, like there was this whole like push to try to make high fantasy movies work. And they could never really quite get them right. Like, nope. you know, they made like, you know, Excalibur and Legion yeah. or, or Legend. What was the Ridley Scott one with uh, the devil and Tom Cruise? Legend. 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 Um, and, um, you know, He-Man and like a bunch of other, you know, things. And, and like Willow was like poised to be like the one that actually like worked. Yeah. And it just didn't. <laughs> and, yeah. and in fact, uh, it was funny because like the original title for the movie was Munchkins. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Pecs. 
Pecs. The movie. Jude, you haven't said anything yet about this movie. Uh, what, well, are you, what are your I'm, like initial feelings about the movie? And, and did you pick it? or No, this is no, Kadish's pick, No, this was pick, right? pick, yeah. Okay. Uh, I agree with everyone at the table. Like The nostalgia of it is what holds it dear to me. Yeah. But um, is it a fantastic movie that has me riveted? And No, no. It's a movie that also, I guess... Every couple of years, I'll watch just because it's it is what it is, and yeah. I kind of remember it, and it's like oh, kind of a feel good, yeah. And I can do other things while it's on. I don't necessarily have to pay attention to it. I, I always I always laugh at the. Uh, <laughs> this sounds terrible. I, I always laugh at the uh, scene where they're in the, uh, the 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 midget village and the death and dogs and, come. And, yeah, and they're all playing their instruments and dancing around, <laughs> and you know, doing their their. They built that whole set yeah. to scale for the, and, all the people that were then working Then Billy there. Barty comes out playing Gandalf. It, it was so good. It was, it was, <laughs> he's like, what finger is my magic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yeah, all right. It's Gandalf, Billy Barty. Yeah. Sweet. It's, so speaking uh, of Gandalf, um, is it true that this is just George Lucas's version of Lord of the Rings? Yes. Like he really wanted Pretty to make much. a Lord of the Rings movie, well, but they wouldn't let him? So after the success of, of Star Wars, um, Lucas basically said, okay, I'm going to make movies that kind of appeal to kids and have like these like, you know, kind of mythos behind them. And so he'd been kind of, you know, taking uh, elements of Lord of the Rings and, and kind of making them his own, uh-huh. like putting his own spin on them. And if you look at this movie, it's basically Lord of the Rings, but instead of a ring, it's a baby. Yeah. Like you have the whole like, you know, fellowship at the beginning of it, the fellowship of Pex who take the baby um, to try to give it away to, you know, um, a regular human. And you even have like a sidekick. Sam? Samwise? So you even have like a a Samwise uh, Gamgee character with uh, Migosh uh, for Willow. And um, like, like if you just look at this movie through the lens of like, okay, this is basically Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like there's so many similarities. Um, Basically like the, the pecs are just hobbits, you know, and Aragorn um, is Val Kilmer's Aragorn mm -hmm, basically. Pretty much. So, you know, it's not the most original story in the world, but it was something that at the time, because, you know, at the time it was impossible to do Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the only Lord of the Rings at that time was the cartoon yeah. uh, Hobbit movie. This was the, uh, to me, the, the best kind of almost fantasy movie up until Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies came out, you know, but then after they, those came out, they it was set, like, you forget about everything. They set the bar so high. There's nothing else now. <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't even watch Willow yeah. and take it seriously now after the Lord of the Rings there was came a, out. There was a scene that broke me when I was watching this movie and I just kind of, I couldn't help but roll my eyes and I felt kind of bad, but at the same time, I'm like, why did this get past like the editing bay? There was a scene where uh, Val Kilmer and, and uh, Warwick Davis are sledding down the snow mountain. Well, yeah. And there's a scene that is, it's plain as day front and center in the frame, it's very, very obvious that it's just a stuffed doll of Warwick Davis with a bad wig. (laughs) And it's just kind of like bobbing around. It has no, it's just looked like somebody stuffed a pillow inside of his costume and stuck a little head on top of it. It was like, why, why did they leave that in the movie? It looks so bad. It was the eighties. Yeah, but who cares? Like if you, if you're watching that, even in the eighties, if you're watching that and you're like, you know what? That's really obvious that that's not the actor. Let's maybe cut it and change the scene so we don't get a front view of a stuffed doll? I, I, I think that you, you forget that the technology at the time, so like the, the big thing on this movie was video playback. 
it was the one of the first movies where you could actually see what was being shot on the camera as it was being shot and then like play it back instead of having to wait for dailies to come in from the like yeah. the, the development house like this was like you know th- this was very early on and you know they were still doing like you know chemical production you know film where they were having to cut work prints and stuff so it's not like nowadays where you can go frame by frame and like see that stuff and like remove it with precision it was it was like old school filmmaking basically uh, on on like and when you get in these situations where you're doing like these epic scale movies with like lots of special effects where at the time it was like in its infancy yeah um y- you know something like a willow doll on a sled like that that's not a top priority uh type thing because most most audiences around that time like they were like okay with that type of stuff because they they knew like suspension of disbelief it's like okay well we know that you know movies have to do this for safety so we're oh, we could we could fly this is your summer that means six flags in the taste of an ice cold coca-cola we're talking thrilling coasters delicious burgers yes. real moments together and this Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. I'm just going to go along with it. I guess. But, I mean, like, this comes out after Star Wars, and the, the quality of Star oh. Wars, even now, is so much higher than this budget, movie. Budget really wasn't there as far as... That's, what, that's why I felt like it was kind of, like, half-assed. Like if you compare this with other movies that came out before this, even with new technology and everything, you're like, they just doesn't seem like they put the same amount of effort into it. I don't know. No, they put a lot of effort in this. I believe. Yeah, and and they they pioneered a lot of special effects techniques in Uh this, like particularly on the CGI front. No, why didn't? Why doesn't it age as well? Like they they put their money in, you know, the dragon and not, you know, Willow's head on a sled. I'm just so. But but, but I mean, like at the time, like they. Like there were no computers. Like the the idea that they could use a computer to use special effects was something that was like mind blowing at the time. I'm so not like, saying so like a lot of this stuff was like blue screen chemical processing, um, stop motion animation. Yeah. Like 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 well the, you know, the double headed dragon was a was I, a puppet that they just superimposed onto the scene. I, I kind of want to see a, a Willow two now made with modern special effects. Well, oddly enough, that'd be kind of cool. After Disney bought out Lucasfilm and got the rights to this, they start development on a Disney Plus series. To continue the Willow saga, and Warwick Davis is um, apparently involved in it. Good for them. Put a budget behind did, it, man. Did, did you guys notice the Wilhelm screams? Yes, yes. lots of Wilhelm <laughs> screams. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. Uh, did, did John Williams do the score for this movie as well? No. I okay. Are you sure? I, yeah, I, I'm pretty I, sure. I, I almost feel there's, like he did. There's a I, couple I of uh, there's a couple of moments like the 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 chariot chase on the when they're running from the horses and whatnot and everybody's chasing them down. Like there's legit like an Indiana Jones theme. Oh, absolutely. Over that. And it's just, it's not well, exactly I, Indiana Jones, but it's, it's very, oh, it's very, very similar. Apparent. Actually, yeah. the, the theme from this movie became one of the, the preeminent trailer themes. So like it's, it's been like, you know, the rights to it have been sold and resold over and over for like other movies to cut trailers to, which yeah. is why it sounds so familiar. Yeah. And there's another one, uh, the love story between Val Kilmer and the mm-hmm. redheaded chick. Sorsha. Yeah. That's one jo- Joanne Whaley. That's 100%. That is Mirian and Indy's love song. It's the same chord that they start. The- well, well you, you know, what's funny is that, so Val Kilmer and Joanne Whaley actually, um, fell, fell in love this, right? at this on this, on the set and got married. And they were married for like um, until I want to say it was like six years. They had like, no, it had to be longer than that. Um, but ba- basically they had three children together before getting divorced. And during the, the shoot, so like whenever you 
so in the movie, Mad Mardigan, uh, Val Kilmer's character, he gets hit by like this love pixie dust, <laughs> fairy dust, <laughs> this fairy dust that, that, that's kind of like a love potion type thing. And, and he looks at uh, the, the Sorsha character and he falls in love with her instantly. My moon, my sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny because knowing that, you, you know, like that this is the movie that those two like fell in love over, you can kind of see in their scenes together, like how they're like kind of giving each other the eyes and stuff. So like that, that chemistry is, is actually real. Um, but what was funny is, is that, you know, before they kind of like progressed to, you know, actual relationship status, whenever Val Kilmer had a scene where he had to like kiss her or make out with her, he, like he'd purposely fuck up the scene. <laughs> yes. So like they'd have to redo it just so like he could make <laughs> out with was, her more. It was funny. There was an interview with him where he was like, it, he was completely playing the whole thing. He was like, yeah, I don't know why, but like every time we had a scene together and we had to kiss, I, for some reason, I have no idea what happened, but I just could not remember my lines. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a little wink and a nod to the camera. Yeah, my man. <laughs> yeah, and, and Joanne Whaley, you know, like like she was into him, so she didn't have any problem. It wasn't like a Me Too type thing. <laughs> you know? um, but but did you guys notice that Joanne Whaley, the, the actress who plays Sorcia, she was Sister Mary in Daredevil season two? I did not. No. She, she, yeah, she was Matt Murdock's quote unquote mother. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just I didn't love this movie. It doesn't have that nostalgic feel to me. I kind of nitpicked all the uh, all the things that are just don't hold up. Well, anymore. it's no it's no Goonies, and I felt bad or I Lost mean, Boys. It didn't. So. I didn't get the Goonies <laughs> feel from it because it's a fantasy world. So it makes a little bit more sense that, that Willow would be able to do the things that he was, doing. he's like a, a, a sorcerer in training. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll the, I think the cringiest part for me was at the very beginning when they pulled the whole Moses thing in the river oh, yeah. with, with the baby. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. the cringiest part for me was uh, the two witches fighting at the end over the baby. Oh, where she's like swinging her one around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah that like, was, that's, that's brilliant. That was rough. That's, yeah. yeah Judy, like, how did that go? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Willow was like, or, or Warwick Davis was just making shit up when he's holding the, will, the wand. Yeah. Monotu to Watha. Blobbity, blibbity, blorp. It was that whole fight scene. Cause I, I could tell like, if you look at, if you look at that scene, it's very much Gandalf versus, versus like, Sauron. Klatu, Verata, Nikto. Yeah. Let's try to do. <laughs> it, it actually reminded me of, of the um, the uh, Disney's um, Sword in the Stone, where you know you have Merlin versus uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Morgana yeah. and the Wizard off. That, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, but but there was actually there was a whole subplot in this movie that was cut out where Sorsha never knew who her father was, and so like she had this subplot where you know she was like kind of searching for her father. And her father was like the king of that castle that they end up at where they Tears fight the Lee. yeah where they fight the dragon <laughs> and, and the trolls and he's like one of these guys encased in ice and and I thought it was really interesting because the subplot actually gives you a lot more insight as to why she would turn against her mother in addition to like you know yeah, falling in love with that, Mad Mardigan that seemed very rushed rushed yeah, yeah. everything a lot one. of this yeah. movie felt rushed especially the traveling. Like they spend all this time to get to the super super secret castle, and then once they're there, they're like, "Let's go to the witch's yeah. castle," and again, they just again that show up. That's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's just like, oh, traveling <laughs> this, this <laughs> mythical this myth mythical land of Tyrus Lee, where you don't nobody knows where it is, and if you can find it, you know, blah, yeah. blah. and then they all the armies find it. They're there five minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a young beautiful maiden. <laughs> yeah, he's like, concentrate, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> It was so weird. So, so you know, one of the the coolest characters in this movie was uh, General Kale. Yeah, um, the the guy with like the big like 
like I don't, I don't even know what type of animal it was, but Bone it was like a big, big skull. Yeah, helmet. yeah, big skull yeah. helmet. And uh, he was played by this actor Pat Roach, and I don't know if you guys recognized him, but he's like the the big Nazi that comes out. Um, oh. uh, during the airplane um, yeah, scene Indiana in Jones? Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indy nice. fights him okay. and, he, and he's the guy who gets killed yeah. by the propeller. Yeah. It's it's like you can't even recognize no, him. No, he's got full bearded. Like I didn't even yeah. know that was him but that's really, that's a cool little thing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it, it's a lot of George Lucas regulars. Yeah. Like even, even Ron Howard. So like George Lucas met Ron Howard when they were filming um, American Graffiti together and they mm-hmm. kind of became friends and it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, we talked about Jaws in the previous episode and, and uh, Richard Dreyfus was actually recommended for his role by George Lucas because he worked with him on American Graffiti as well. Um, but Ron Howard, he had just done like Cocoon and he was getting a lot of critical acclaim for that. And so George Lucas came to him and, and it was like, hey, would you like to direct this movie? And so like there, this was like Ron Howard's like big, big budget break. Like, like, you know, before that he was kind of relegated to smaller movies and George Lucas kind of propped him up. And it's kind of funny because like decades later, He's the same guy they call in to save Solo. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Fix-It. Yeah, yeah Mr. <laughs> Fix-It. I mean, he's he's not a groundbreaking director, but he is a good director. He, he's a solid yeah. Work, yeah, workman mean, director. There's there's not a lot of Ron Howard movies I don't like. Yeah. I mean, it's got a You didn't like Solo, but it wasn't because of the direction. It was um, just... Yeah, it was... Different nothing, reasons. Nothing to do with Ron Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I mean, I understand why people love this movie. I really do. I get it. And it's got a lot of pedigree behind it, so I can appreciate that. And and I just, I tried really hard not to hate on this movie, but it's like, it's not something I'm ever going to be like, oh, I got to go watch Willow next <laughs> week, you know? I got to rewatch it because I miss it. It's like, it's just not going to happen. Yep. As opposed to like Ewok Adventures, like I'm legit like itching to watch those movies again for some it's reason. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching this movie and I'm kind of wondering, I'm wondering what's happening, happened to some of these actors, mm. you know, now 30 years later. Well, poor it's Val like, Kilmer. Would, yeah. Well, I know about Val Kilmer, but like, like uh, Mibs, Bibs, and Rannon, Nibs, what were the kids? The little, little, little oh, midget kids. Mims <laughs> and oh. Rannon, Mims and Rannon, or something oh, okay. like that. <laughs> but they were they were cute. Yeah, and what are they doing? You know, it's like, well, like are they on like a one of those A and E reality shows or what? There was a rumor that uh, a young Peter Dinklage was like an extra in this movie. They, well, this, I wonder if little people have like their own newspaper where they have like open <laughs> casting. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, <laughs> like for sure. Little person times. Like open <laughs> casting. We need little people for this movie. Everybody show up. Hey man, that's, I mean, if, if I was in that kind of a, a, a subgroup of, of yeah. people, I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to jump in on that. You know what though? Like this is one of those rare eighties movies where I can't really defend it against Alex <laughs> because I, I tend to agree with him on a lot of the, the yeah. issues with this, this movie where it's, it's like, it's nice y- to see you guys get along for one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the movie's okay. Yeah. Like as an adult watching it, I think as a kid, it's very boring. Um, like, and I can appreciate it for like what it accomplished and what it was. Cause there are some good moments like Val Kilmer steals every scene that yeah. he's in yeah. uh, that, that, it was funny because we were talking about that scene where he dresses up like he's ha- he's having sex with this woman. Uh, her husband's trying to come into the room. He dresses <laughs> up as a woman to hide himself and puts on a veil. And when the husband burst in, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. she's like, this is my cousin Hilda. Yeah. Hilda. And the husband immediately starts trying to fuck her. Yeah. Yeah, like right, right, right in front of his wife. He, he, he's, he's like, he's like, you ever actually, been with a big man? He actually says, do you want to breed? <laughs> like in front of his wife, he's like, can I put a baby in you? Yeah, and, and, and like, I turned to Jude. I, I was like, I was like, can you believe he's doing that in front of his wife? <laughs> Survival was paramount back yeah, then. Yeah, you had to pop your seat in as many bitches as possible. 
<laughs> but I mean, like there are scenes like that that are like genuinely funny. Like like Val Kilmer in that whole interaction is just hilarious. Yeah. Daikini were getting picked off by trolls and brownies, so they had to they had to breed. I love the uh, I love Val Kilmer's fighting style where he just like twirls the sword around. I'm the best swordsman in the world, and he like drops his sword half the time because <laughs> he's trying to toss it around like a like a baton. He's like you are great. <laughs> what a great name though, Mad Mardigan. Love that name, and his fight with the with the with General Kale at the end um, was like that was pretty. Good. It was pretty yeah, it was pretty right. epic. It, it was, was a good a, very brutal fight scene. I like that he, he um, like smashed his mask and half his skull mask came off. I thought that was pretty cool. You the know the guy that, that played um, General Eric, um, you know the, the good guy general. Uh, didn't he look like Jake Busey? Kind I don't of. know, but he he was like the Boromir character yeah. to me. Like that's who I, I connected him with as far as like a, a translation between that and Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, that's Boromir because he dies, you know, like during the battle. No, I wouldn't call him Boromir. I call him more like the the guy who leads like the the cavalry. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, Carl Urban played him. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the funny aspects of this movie is that so George Lucas and Steven Spielberg had this like rivalry going on, where yeah. so Steven Spielberg directed Jaws, which became like the the highest grossing movie of all time when it came out. And then George Lucas beat him uh, with Star Wars, A New Hope. And then uh, um, Steven Spielberg turns around and beats him again. I forget with... Close Encounters or something? No, it wasn't Close Encounters. It was was a different movie, but uh, it was E.T. I'm sorry. So like E.T. comes out, becomes the highest grossing film, dethrones Star Wars. And so at this time... Lucas really wanted to beat Spielberg again. <laughs> and so he was, he was putting all of his efforts into this movie to try to like take down ET as the highest grossing movie of all time. He had just come off of like Howard the duck. And, and so like, <laughs> like, like this, this was another movie I love. Yeah. That, you really? I love that movie. Oh my God. We like, can talk, we can talk about it. Like, time. like all, all the critics, in fact, Pauline Kael, I think called it the, the empire strikes out <laughs> and, and in direct response to, to that, um, they named the evil general after her in this movie <laughs> as kind of like a wink. And, a and in fact, the, the, the two headed dragon was named after Siskel and Ebert. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that, with this movie that there were like a lot of movies in the eighties, which kind of took digs at Siskel and Ebert by like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like we had, they live where yeah. they, they had that. And then like the Godzilla movie yeah. um, from 97 and stuff like that. Like Siskel and Ebert just got shit on by, <laughs> by tons of people in their movies. <laughs> they were kind of annoying. <laughs> well, they were, they were, they were the yeah. most influential critics at yeah. the time. Well, I don't really have anything else to add about this movie. Favorite part. Oh, or least that's favorite right. part. Fa- least favorite part has got to be the sled with the doll on it. I was just like, please just cut that part out of the movie. It's <laughs> not necessary. I, I like that part. It's not necessary. That, not, that, that not, part not, not the whole sledding thing. Mad, Mad Morgan falls off and he like, becomes a big snowball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty that was great. Funny. That was great. <laughs> His legs or hands are yeah. sticking out. <laughs> oh, God. That was probably my least favorite scene. Uh, favorite scene. It's got to be um, the love relationship between the two. I mean, it was so rushed and like out of nowhere, but I still yeah, found that, it that, kind of that, enjoyable. That part where he's just professing his undying yes. love to her. And she it, keeps trying to, threatening to kill him. Like, yeah. I want to chop off your head. I'd love it if you did that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then she's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> she gets I, all horned up. Yeah, like I can, I can see Jude in that scenario. Like, really? Tell me more. <laughs> I want to rip your yeah. guts out. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about you, how you want me to kill you. <laughs> I, I pretend to stab Matt all the time. I just wanted to turn around and be like, yes, my darling, spill my blood upon this floor. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part of this movie. Uh, Vader, what about you, man? 
favorite part? I don't know. It's, <laughs> you, you always screw me up with these questions. It's like, I don't know. My he asks you the same question. I have a good time with this movie. I, one right. Trying to nail it down to one specific scene is, is, is not easy for me. No, I don't know. I get it. So least just, favorite, is there a part that just does not age for you? Probably the dragon effect. Okay. The, the moat dragon. I didn't. How did that happen? Willow turned the troll into a blob of goo. Well, he's got uh-huh. the acorns, right? Or well, well, he, he, he had the magic, the, wand. the magic wand. Yeah, the wand. And then it fell into the water. Yeah. And then once it hit the water, it grew into a giant. That was weird. Yeah. It was the weird. Moat monster. Moat monster. Moat monster. With yeah. no legs, just a ball of goo. I think, I, think, I think the trolls are my, probably my least favorite part. Because okay. they're, they're not trolls. They're monkey people. Yeah. That was not, like, that's not what a troll is to me. Uh, Jude, how about you? Um, so my favorite scene of this movie is a scene that I, I, I like say it to myself all the time for some reason, but, uh, anytime somebody takes something from me, I go, took our black root. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'll find more. I don't know why, but I love that scene. You never, ever, ever give a baby black root. (laughs) Which is actually, um, vanilla bean. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. The black root in, um, in the movie was vanilla bean. Oh. Why won't you give a baby vanilla bean? Well, it wasn't vanilla bean in the oh, universe. Black root. It's black that, root. That's what they used as black root. Oh, okay. black root. In my mind, it's just black licorice. Uh, Kadish, what about you? What do you got for us? So um, when I was a kid and I saw this movie, um, there, there's a scene where basically the good army is outside the evil queen's castle, mm-hmm. and she puts a curse on them to turn them all into pigs. And like there was this like transformation process where you see like you know Val Kilmer grow like pig's teeth and yeah. like a snout and everyone starts turning into pigs, and I was like really traumatized by, <laughs> by, by this scene when when I was younger because because it was it was it was, it was like very, very weird and scary yeah and um, another reason why I probably didn't like it when I was younger, um, but it's kind of funny like watching it now um, I, I heard a story on behind the scenes where so like they used real pigs like, you know, after everyone transformed and there's just like a bunch of pigs out there and the pigs were all trying to like fuck each other <laughs> on, on set. So like they had to have like pig wranglers to keep the pigs from having sex with one another Bad pig. while, while they were filming. <laughs> so, so whenever, whenever I watched the, that scene now, I just imagine all the pigs fucking <laughs> such a weirdo. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> And that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite scene. <laughs> Pigs banging. Still traumatized. 20 years later. Oh, good God. 40 years later. No, I, like, I like the little piglets for the brownies. Those, that was cool. Oh, and Kevin Pollack as, as one of the brownies. Um, yeah, he's I, I, I loved his performance. <laughs> during the documentary that I watched in preparation for this podcast, those two guys stayed in character during the... So they oh God, they had them imagine. up against the green screen and they had like this overly sized like Barbie doll house and they were sitting in, in director's chairs and they're like, yeah, you know, George Lewis is kind of an asshole. He just gave us this stupid doll house. No locks on the doors. <laughs> the whole thing was just played straight. Like they were actually like yeah, nine inch people. And, and they were saying like, this is our movie. Yeah. And then it cuts to George Lucas and he's like, yeah, we just told them that to make them quiet, <laughs> make them happy. We're, we're actually so going to cut cute. them out of the movie. Yeah. The documentary actually, I, I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed the movie. Stupid dyke. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is Warwick Davis. So like he was 17 when he shot this movie. Yeah. He doesn't look it. No. Um, but um, it was like his first big like you know starring role, and he had bought a VHS recorder so that he could document his time on set. And oh, so like cool. he's got all this like crazy behind the scenes footage, just like you know 
chilling at his house, like on some shelf somewhere, <laughs> you know, where, where, uh, and I, I saw like, like he shared some of it for like some type of like anniversary edition or something. And, uh, it was, it was really crazy to like, just see like all these legendary famous people, uh, just kind of goofing around on set and stuff fun. like that. Yeah, this, yeah. this movie has a really good pedigree. It does. Yeah. And I, so. I feel like the, even though I don't really enjoy the movie, I feel like the making of this movie seemed like they were just having fun. Like this was an enjoyable yeah. time for them to make. So there's, there's, I mean, there's cool. nothing controversial or offensive about this movie. And it, well, except for, you know, the peck stuff, that's only because of <laughs> that's only because it's 2020 yeah, it cares. <laughs> and it's weird. Cause Ron Howard looks exactly the same. <laughs> just yeah, white, yeah, his hair just changed color. That's about it. Well, him mustache. and Tom Cruise go to the same, uh, de-aging facility. So. <laughs> don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay. I was going to say adrenochrome. Yeah. So I'm like, God, don't, why do you got to mention that stuff? There was one scene that actually kind of irked me a little bit is the scene where the baby was in the big bowl and it was just getting rained on. And this poor little oh. baby was like wrapped up in like this weird, like red sash all tight. They're probably squirting water. They on were like, I'm like, that poor kid. What the hell, man? Well, like uh, that kind of irked well, me. It was funny. Bit. So they, they had, they had twins. Um, it, it's, it's funny because like they use twins to portray like the, the little baby and the production took so long that the twins got like too big to be a baby. So like they had to like find like a last minute baby to finish out the shooting. She's and, uncredited. Yeah. She's uncredited. I think, I think it was like their cinematographer's niece or something like that, uh, where they just like, you know, plucked her out and put her in the movie and. Yeah. And they also had like animatronic babies that they would use for like long shots and stuff. And just that one scene kind of irked me. I'm like, that poor kid just sitting in a giant bowl getting rained on, like crying. And it's just somebody's filming it. That just seemed weird to me. I don't know. But she never did another movie after yeah. that because yeah. she was traumatized. She's traumatized. It's like, I don't want to do that again. Um, she right. was method acting. <laughs> That's all I got for this movie. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Willow is available on Disney Plus for. Well, not for free, but if you have Disney Plus, you can go watch it there. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Go to saltynerdvideo.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be doing uh, every Saturday morning, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. If you want to support the podcast, go to saltynerdclub.com. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 subscribers. That will help us to make more content and to be able to do this full time. Um, that's all I got going around the table. Matt Vader, where can they find you on the socials? Matt Vader74. Right on. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Cool. Jude, Juju, Ambassador of Estrogen. At I am Jude, Juju on the socials. Right on. And Matthew Kadish, author extraordinaire. Where can they find you? At Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter. And if they want to check out my books, kadishbooks.com takes you right to my Amazon page. Very cool. I am the Salty Nerd, your host, and you can find me at, on Twitter at Salty underscore nerd. Check us out. Comment. DM us. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like. And tell us how much we get things wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Pex. See ya. Pex. <laughs>